Be who God is calling you to be. So that first anchor that we need for the storms of life is we need to remember. It could be. I'm not saying all storms are. But it could be that God's providence placed you there. But here's what's cool. The second anchor is that if God's providence placed you there, his prayers will protect you there. Because listen to what this story says next. It says that after Jesus dismissed the crowds, after he had forced the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake, the Bible says that Jesus went up the mountain by himself to do what? To pray. To pray. Now, Mark gives us his encounter of this storm that they were in. He writes about it in his gospel. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 48, notice what he says. He said that when Jesus was on that mountain praying, that he saw the disciples straining or toiling at rowing for the wind was against them. Is there anybody here this morning who's ever felt like the wind in life was against you? That the wind in life was contrary to you? I mean, when you read this passage of Scripture, you discover that these disciples have three problems that they're having to deal with. Number one, they have the problem of the darkness of the night. Because as we're going to see here in just a moment, Jesus went to them at the fourth watch of the night. That would be somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m., the first watch of the night is 6 to 12, or six to 9. The second watch is 9 to 12. The third watch is 12 to 3. And Jesus comes to them at the fourth watch of the night. So there is the darkness of the night. It's the darkest time of night, that time just before dawn. So dark that you cannot even see the hand in front of your face. And that's how dark it is when these disciples are out there in that sea in this storm. But not only was there the darkness of the night, there was the problem of the direction of the wind. It said the wind was contrary to them. They would make a little progress, but then the wind would just cause them to scoot right back where they were before they could get any kind of distance between them. So it says that he saw them toiling, the darkness of the night, the direction of the wind. And then there was that problem of the distance from the shore, how far they were away from Jesus. Because here's what the Bible says. It says that they were now in the midst of the sea, that being the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is 10 miles wide. So they are at least five miles away from the shore. How do you think they got there? I'm going to tell you. Because usually fishermen would not venture out more than one or two miles from the shore because of the unpredictability of storms on the Sea of Galilee. But here they are, they're five miles away from the shore. You know how they got there? They got there because they had drifted in the midst of the storm. The wind that was against them, the wind that was contrary to them had caused them to drift. Maybe they didn't have enough anchors. Maybe they didn't have any anchors. Maybe they didn't have the right size anchors. But this storm caused them to drift. But here's what Mark reminds us of. This is awesome. Jesus is over on the mountain and he's praying for them. That means he's able to see beyond the distance. He's able to pierce through the darkness of the night. And he said this, he saw them toiling in their rowing. Some of you here this morning, you feel like that 
things are so dark in your life right now and you think, if I can't see out of this situation, then surely God cannot see into this situation. Oh, that's where you're wrong. Just because you cannot see out of your storm doesn't mean that God cannot see into your storm. And the Bible says he sees you and he is praying for you. Oh, hallelujah. He's praying for you. Notice Hebrews says it like this. Therefore, he, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost. Somebody here this morning, you need to be saved to the uttermost. And he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since, look at this, he always lives to make intercession for them. You can be encouraged this morning. You can be comforted this morning to know Jesus himself is praying for you. He sees where you are. He sees your toiling and rowing in your storm. He sees everything that you're going through right now. He sees the wind that is contrary against you. And he's praying for you. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is praying for you today. Amen. Which brings us to anchor number three. And anchor three is all about his presence. Because if his providence placed you there, his prayers will protect you there, his presence will come to you right where you are. And look at what it says here. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. That's where some of you are this morning. You're in the fourth watch of the night. You've been waiting, you've been toiling, and you're weary, and you're thinking, is Jesus ever going to come? Does he hear my voice? Is he ever going to come and rescue me out of this storm? Maybe you feel like the sisters of Lazarus. That when Jesus finally showed up, Lazarus had already been dead four days, but to Jesus, he was right on time. Because here's what Jesus had in mind. Jesus had in mind that he wanted to do a greater miracle than just healing Lazarus. He wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead after he had been dead four days. And sometimes God will come on the scene only after you have gotten to a place to where you realize that your toiling is not going to get you out of that situation. And your rowing is not going to get you out of that situation. And your hard work is not going to get you. He'll wait until you come to the end of yourself and you cannot do anything else. That's when he'll come to you at the fourth watch of the night. That's when he comes. Notice what he says in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3, to encourage those Israelites. He said to them, but now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, Jesus said. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Hallelujah. And through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You say, Pastor, do you really believe that? Oh, yes, I believe that. And I've got proof that it's true. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
You would think that when they made up their mind that they were not going to bend and bow to the gods of Nebuchadnezzar, the gods of Babylon. You would think when they took that kind of stand that God would have said, man, I'm proud of those little teenage boys for the stand that they've taken for me today. Because they have took a stand for me, I'm going to keep them from having to go through a fiery furnace. But no, they had to still go through a fiery furnace. And not just any fiery furnace, but Nebuchadnezzar said, turn it up seven times hotter. That's what the enemy will do. He'll turn things up seven times hotter to try to get you to doubt who your God is and what your God can do. They bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They bound their hands and they bound their feet and threw them into the fiery furnace. And you know the story how that later they came back to check on them. And one said, I thought we only threw three into the fire. And they said, that's all we threw in. We threw three men bound into the fire. And he said, well, I see four loose loose and he said that fourth one to me he said the fourth one looks like the son of God oh hallelujah he may not keep you from going through the fire but he'll go through the fire with you somebody say amen to that this morning hallelujah yes he will yes he will hallelujah <laughs> Anchors for the soul. Anchors for the storms of life. Amen. Now, if we're not careful, we stop right there in the story. But the best part of the story is when Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego come out of the fiery furnace. And the Bible said that when they came out of a furnace that had been turned up seven times hotter, that the hair on their head was not even singed. And there was not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. You may go through the fire. You may go through some storms. You may go through a difficult time. But when you come out of the fire, when you come out of the storm, when you come out of that difficult time in your life, folks ain't going to be able to tell you've been through the fire. They're going to think you've been to revival somewhere because you come out smelling good. Amen. Smelling like Jesus. Hallelujah. You do remember what David said in Psalm 23. He starts off verses 1 through 3 talking about God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. But then when he gets to verse 3, he stops talking about God and starts talking to God. And he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? Because thou art with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember the anchor that you have in times of storm that Jesus said I will never leave you I will never forsake you but I'll be with you always even to the end of the age somebody thank him for his presence here this morning <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> let's move on to this next anchor anchor number four represents his power and he wants us to know that when we're going through a storm his power is available to us listen as the story continues listen to what it says it says early in the morning we've already determined what time that was somewhere between three and six he came walking toward them now check this out on the sea but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they said stop walking Jesus and run 
No, that's not what it says, is it? But that's what we think, isn't it? Jesus comes walking, and we're out here trying to survive, and he just casually walking out through there on the water. We're like, hurry this thing up. Come on, Jesus. We're about to go down here. But he comes walking on the sea, and it says they were terrified, saying it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And then it goes on and it says that Peter answered him and said, I don't get this. I don't get this with Peter, but Peter answered. Now, Peter's very impulsive. Peter never thinks before he speaks. And he said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, I don't mind telling you that if this had been me, I would have said, Lord, if it's you, wave at me with your right hand. (laughs) Or, Lord, if it's you, just hop on one foot for about 10 seconds. But not Peter. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, then tell me to come to you on the water And so Jesus looks at Peter and says, come. And so now what Peter is doing is he is being obedient to the word of God. Listen, don't step out of a boat unless Jesus told you to step out of a boat. That's for somebody here this morning. You better wait until he says come before you step out. Because if you step out without him telling you to step out, you're probably going to sink. Right then. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and he started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. And I know that you've heard it before. But when Jesus came out walking on that water, he was sending a message to those disciples about his power. And he was saying to them, hey guys, what threatens to be over your heads? It's already under my feet. Oh, somebody needs to know this morning that what threatens to be over your head, it's already under the feet of Jesus. But it's not only just under his feet. Notice it says, but when he noticed the strong wind, that is Peter, he became frightened and beginning to sink. Now, that's one thing I appreciate about Peter, beginning to sink. Thank goodness we don't read this story and it says, and when he was sunk. Because that's when most people call out to God is when they're sunk. But if you'll call out to him the moment that you begin to sink, you can save yourself a lot of pain. And he goes on and says, beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But I want you to notice what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 23 about all things being under his feet. This is awesome. Look at this. He said, I pray. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. And he said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because he wants us to understand some things as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great 
power. Now here comes the revelation I want you to get this morning. He goes on and he says this in verse 20. He said that God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the age to come and look at this and he has put all things God has put all things under his feet everybody say feet all things under his feet and has made him Jesus the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now let's get this straight. He talks about feet, head, and body. Now what is the sequence of that with the human body? First of all, there's the head. And he said that Jesus is the head of the body. Who is the body? He tells us that the body are the people of God. The church, the saints are the body. And then he talks about feet. Where are the feet? The feet are connected to the body. Has everybody got that? It's not just a head and feet. It's head, body, feet. And where does he say that all things have been placed? He said all things have been placed under his body's feet. It's time, Summerton Church of God, that every one of us in this place get the devil off of our backs because of the authority that's been given to us. We need to get the devil off of our backs and get him under our feet where he belongs. And Jesus sends that message walking on the water saying, hey, what's about to threaten to take you under, it's already under my feet. And it's going to be under your feet. And today you have that authority. All things, all things under your feet. This storm doesn't have to get the best of you, but you can get the best of this storm hallelujah somebody just give God a good praise in this house oh hallelujah amen so one more anchor first of all it could have been his providence that placed you there if that's the case his prayers will protect you there his 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 presence will come to you there his his power is available but here's the last of the anchors that we need to keep us from drifting when we're going through storms and that is that his promise assures us his promise assures us you say well I don't I don't see a promise well you got to go back to the beginning of the passage to see the promise where it says that Jesus constrained forced made his disciples get into a ship and commanded them to do what to go over to the other side and notice what the Bible says when we get to the end of this story. It says, and when they had crossed over. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, and when they had gone under. You know it crossed their mind, don't you? At some point that we're not going to survive this, that this might be a storm that just takes all of us to the bottom of the sea. This could be the end of it all. But I'm here to tell somebody this morning that if Jesus sent you, if Jesus called you, if Jesus has ordained your destiny, you hear me this morning, 
you are not going under. You are going over for the glory of God. Amen. You're going over. I want you to stand with me in this room today. I want you to stand with me. And here's what I want you to do. I want you just to turn around to four or five people today. And I want you to look at them. I want you to say to them, listen, you're not going under. You're going over. Going over. Amen. Amen. And I declare that today over Summerton Church of God. Do you hear me? We are not going under. We are going over. God has us on a divine assignment. Amen. God has us on a divine assignment. He is the one who spoke to us and said, hey, get in this boat. He may be having to force some of you to get in. Because you've been through a lot of storms. Being a part of this place, you've been through some storms. But look at where you are today. God hasn't forsaken you. God hasn't let you down. God hasn't forsaken you. In Summerton Church of God, I want you to know this morning, we are not going under. We're going over because we've been sent by Jesus. We've been sent and ordained and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Here's what I want to do this morning. I just want to ask everybody in this room that feels comfortable to come and join me here at the front of this, the front of this sanctuary today. Everybody in this room today. If you, have, if you have an appointment and you have to go somewhere, then call them and tell them you're going to be a little late. You thought I was going to say go ahead and go, didn't you? No. Not today. Anchors. I have no doubt. Jamie and I, we have no doubt that the provident hand of God placed us here. And I have no doubt when I look out across this sanctuary, this congregation today, that he did the same, that he's providentially brought you here. But now that doesn't mean that we won't encounter some storms from time to time. Just like those disciples, they were right where Jesus wanted them to be, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. But they found themselves in a storm. We're going to have some storms, but we have anchors that get us through the storm. See, I tell young folk this all the time that feel called into ministry or young couples that are about to get married. And they ask me, they say, what's the best piece of advice that you can give me? And I know that it sounds a little shallow, but the best piece of advice that I could give them is this. Just know that you know that you know that you know that you've heard from God. And they're like, well, why? Why is that the most important thing you can tell me? Because when you encounter a storm in life, when you encounter a storm in your marriage, whatever it may be, you've got to know that you know that you know that you heard from God about this. And that'll get you through a lot of difficult times in your life. So it's his providence that placed us there. His prayers. He's praying for us, Summerton. Jesus, can you imagine that? This very day, 
He's interceding for us. He is praying for us to succeed at the vision that he's put in our heart. He's praying for us to be a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. He is praying for us to have a huge impact on our community. He's praying for us. He's praying for us that everything that we need to do what he's put in our heart to do, that we will have. He's praying for us. And his presence is here. His presence is here. He has come to us. Now listen, that doesn't mean that he's come here to be a part of what we are doing. No, I think what he knows today is that we've come wanting to be a part of what he's doing. And that's where his presence is so strong and so real. It's when people come in and it's not about our will, it's not about our way, but it's about God, what is your will? And how can I help fulfill your will? And you know, these people that struggle with the will of God, these people that's always saying, Pastor, I just need to know what God's will is. I just need to know what God's will is for my life. Let me tell you what God's will is for your life. Find out what the will of God is and then help him do what his will is. That's God's will for your life. That's how he's equipped you and gifted you and shaped you is to help fulfill his will, his presence. And did you know that it's his presence and his presence alone that distinguishes us from the rest of the world. And I'm talking about the world who does not know God. It's his presence that sets us apart. And so if we don't have his presence, we're no different than the rest of this world. His power is available to us, Summerton Church of God. And to every individual here this morning, he wants you to know that what threatens to be over your head it's already under his feet. And I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. Knowing me, knowing my, my, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, what God wants to do in this place is way over my head. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that this morning. But Jesus, what threatens to be over my head is under his feet. You know, we all go through storms in life. And when we do, we need some anchors that will keep us from drifting. And today we talked about five anchors that we need during times of storms. We talked about the fact that it could have been God's providence that placed us there. You see, the disciples of Jesus were not in a storm because they were out of the will of God. They were right where Jesus told them to be, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do, going right where Jesus told them to go, and they still found themselves in the midst of a storm. So your storm today, could be a perfecting storm or it could be a correcting storm. And if you're in a correcting storm, the only way to calm that storm in your life is to repent of your disobedience and get on board with Jesus. Anchor number two says that if his providence placed us there, then his prayers will protect us. You need to know Jesus is praying for you today. And then the third anchor says that his presence comes to us. I want you to be encouraged by the fact that he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you in the middle of your storm. And then his power is available. He wants you to know what threatens to be over your head. It's already under his feet. And then the fifth anchor we talked about was his power or his promise assures us. He wants us to know today we are not going under. We are going over. So I want to pray for you today. Father, 
I know that there are some that are watching me today that are going through a storm, maybe a spiritual storm, a relational storm. It could be a physical storm, a financial storm, or an occupational storm. Lord, I just pray today that this message has encouraged them. And Lord, I pray that they will not give up in the midst of their storm, but that they will trust you, that they will keep their eyes upon you because they're not going under, they're going over for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. And let me tell you, when you get to the other side, God has great things in store for you. Well, I wanna just take a moment and invite you to come and worship with us here at Summerton Church of God any Sunday at 1045. God is doing some incredible things here and we want you to share in that with us.